This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. What's up, Yankee fans? Thanks for tuning in this week to the Bronx Prescription, where I have a special guest in studio, Dr. Edward Catalano, who's going to break down uh, some of these Yankees' injuries and make sense of them. Hope you're ready. Hope you're tuned in. Lego. Episode 16 of the Bronx Prescription Podcast, presented to you by Baseballism.com. I'm your host, Chris, and tonight I have a little special guest, Dr. Edward Catalano. He's a uh, sports physical therapist. We're going to get to that interview in a little bit. Wanted to apologize. I haven't been here for a while. I actually do have an episode 15 out that was just released with this but it's been out for a while. I actually did a video show that went up on YouTube. Um, I'm going to be banging these shows out now every single week. I promise you I'm going to try and be interesting, quick, to the point, give you some hot takes, probably a lot of cold ones as well, but we'll have some fun doing it. The Yankees had a nice win today. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but it is Thursday, April 4th. It looked early Especially, you know, it was nice the Yankees picked Paxton up because he's really pitched his ass off the last, you know, couple games that he's pitched, his first two games in pinstripes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was nice to see them pick him up today. It looked like another miserable, miserable day for the Yankees. I wasn't able to catch the beginning of the game. I missed the first inning. I think it was the top of the second. I put it on. They're losing 3 nothing already. And I was like, that's it. This team has scored, what, three runs over the last, like, two, three, two games, three games, it feels like. Like, that's it. They're done. And, you know, Glaber had a big solo shot. Sanchez had a nice solo shot. I think it made it 4-2. Next thing you know, you know, you look back up at the TV and and Glaber uh, puts, puts another one out. Three-run shot. Yankees took a 5-4 lead. They, you know, it got a little dicey, too, because they it looked like the Yankee pitching was trying their best to give it back. They they locked it down, and then uh, Luke Voigt put the icing on the cake with a uh, three-run three run bomb in the ninth. I believe it was top of the ninth uh, to make it 8-4. It was a really nice win. It was nice to see them come back. They did it on the road. They spoiled the Baltimore Orioles fans opening day, which I couldn't care less about. And they were probably mostly all Yankee fans anyway. And, you know, it was it was a step in the right direction. This team kind of woke up today. Glaber woke them up a little bit. And uh, it was nice to see a few of them kind of just like, you know, it's like a domino effect. One guy gets hot, and now everything starts to roll. Even with all these injuries, this team is talented enough to beat the Orioles, to beat the Tigers. There's no excuse. You got to do it. You got to go out there, and you got to find a way to win. You got to go out there. You got to find that fucking dog. All right? All right, enough of me. I know we've all been a little frustrated, so you know what? I'm in a good mood. 
I I liked that they not only just won today, but it was a come from behind win. Showed a lot of heart. Showed what they're capable of. But I I know not a lot of us are, are fans of this. I am if it works. But you're you're looking at another team that's going to rely heavily on the home run. It will work for the regular season. You got to just hope when the postseason comes, this team learns how to how to hit in big situations. They got to realize that when the postseason comes, it's a different beast, and that's part of experience and that's part of failing last year and realizing these things. They got to become smarter. If the regular season over 162 games, if hitting you know, 200 home runs this year is what's going to win them the division. Let's do it. But October's a different animal. So be ready. Enough of me. I'm going to get to our interview here. I have an in-studio guest, Dr. Edward Catalano. This interview is brought to you by Baseballism.com. And guys, seriously, Baseballism.com right now is putting out these a series of clothing for 42 and, and and I haven't talked to you know who who I'm close with over there at baseballism so much about it he's a really busy guy you know we're busy over here but I have to imagine it's Jackie Robinson but they did it in a very 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 smart way this company I'm telling you right now and I'm speaking genuinely this company is so smart from top to bottom I'm a big marketing guy I'm a bit, I'm all about the brand. And when you look at baseballism top to bottom, they know what they are doing. That's why they're so successful. That's why they have almost 400,000 uh, Instagram followers and their Twitter's blowing up and they have, you know, however many different locations, one being right in, in Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame. That's why. And, and so anyway, back to my point that even if it is for Jackie Robinson, they did it where it's a blue background with a white type ring that has some wording check it out and then the 42 i believe is is blue in the middle and you can sit there as a yankee fan and go you know what that's from that's yeah for jackie robinson i love jackie robinson right but that's for mo too most mostly for us for people you know my i'm 30 around that age you're going to you're going to wear it and think of mo so I think they did a great job with that. Mo is being inducted into the Hall of Fame this summer. It's all going to play into one. Hopefully, MIY Sports Talk, we're, we're a big part of that. Check out Baseballism.com. Use promo code MIYST. You save 15% on your order. And on top of it, if you spend $50 or more, you get one of those 42 series caps for free. They have shirts and hats, but you get one of the hats for free. Check them out, baseballism.com. They are sponsoring this interview with Dr. Catalano. Doc, what's going on? Hey, Chris. Good to see you. Been a while. Been a long time. Dr. Catalano, just to give everyone a little background, when I was uh, out of shape and 10 years ago out of shape uh, and thought I was a big league pitcher and blew my arm out 10 times, Dr. Catalano prolonged my career for probably a few more years i was in and out of you with you for you a long time when i first met you 16 probably younger than that 15 16 i think at that time though was it was it a knee it was and i had Ajgut the osgood Schlatter. schlatter's right which yeah. which is a growth plate injury you know that 
as you're developing, kids get. Um, That's when the tendon grows faster than the. It's actually uh, not to get too technical, but part of the tibia, which is the bottom bone on the knee, um, the tendon attaches to that. But the tibia that where it attaches is still cartilage. Mm-hmm. And kids that are active, gymnasts, <clears throat> runners, uh, the cartilage starts to pull away from the bone and becomes inflamed. So you get a little knob there. That's the typical sign. It's red. What about taller people? Yeah. Taller people too. It's more common. And my brother had it for like 10 years. I feel like he complained about it. So when you're a little taller and it depends on when your bones as a, as a adolescent starts to fuse, once they fuse, the Osgood slaughters, you know, goes away. Um, it's uh, so it, it happens in develop, developing teenagers, girls that are 13, 14, boys that are 15, 16, and that are really active. Right. A lot of times it's girls <clears throat> because they're doing gymnastics, cheering, jumping, landing on their knees. And they typically, girls grow quicker at a younger yeah, age, right? So they're usually a couple of years ahead as far as growth, and they stop usually. Bone, bone growth usually stops a few years earlier. Anyone who listens to this show, by the way, religiously in the main show of ours is actually probably thinks I'm looking things up as we talk because they just play me <laughs> off as an idiot, but I'm kind of, I'm no, somewhat Chris, knowledgeable. Yeah, Chris knows what he's talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where it all started. It, I played baseball my entire life. Yeah, that was when you were in high school. At first, uh, it was a shoulder. Yeah, I had then, the shoulder issues. Shoulder I got a issues, cortisone shot. Tendinitis, as we worked on that a little bit. Lost um, 10 miles per hour off my fastball. Yeah, and then I think you went to first base, right? I was playing a lot of first. I played, I was always a good defensive first baseman. I say it all the time, I couldn't hit. Okay. If I could hit, I <laughs> I actually would have been pretty, I wasn't, wasn't tall enough, though, either to really play. But uh, then once I started pitching in college, I knew I didn't have a fastball anymore. I wasn't coming over the top. I was coming three quarters. I remember the two summers after I was done playing college ball, me and Ryan were actually pitching on a team. They pitch us every weekend. We actually made it to the championship. Right. But the game to go into the championship, I threw I threw a slider were, every pitch. Yeah, you were blown out. I and I that. threw one too many pitches. It was yeah. the ninth inning. Yeah. I pitched the whole game, probably 140 yeah, you pitches. you were over, overworked at And that I point. just felt it pop. Yeah. And now I can't even throw darts. <laughs> I could have a catch very briefly. Mm-hmm. But the second I try and put a little pop behind it. Yeah, it, it hurts. Yeah. So I asked you to come on because you've always been, I mean, when I would come to you, if the Yankees were injury plagued, you're a huge Yankee fan. Yes. It's, you know, something we've always gotten along with over, over the years. And whenever the Yankees were injury plagued, you'd make somewhat sense of it to me. I never fully understood it on the level that you do. Um, Yeah. It's going to be hard to make sense of this (laughs) run right now, but uh it's almost like it's, it's contagious. Yeah, and you know, it's really hard to to tell why. I mean, there could be some factors. Uh I mean, other teams have to come north after playing in the warmth. Um you know, Boston obviously, Baltimore had to come to New York, the Mets. But, you know, I think the Yankees seem to it seems they seem to struggle every year with coming from the warm weather. Right. Um, into the cold. And, you know, we were just talking about the first game and everybody looked really good. And that day actually was 60 degrees, I think, the first game. Or yeah. It was, and it was the afternoon warm game. And then, you know, the next um, they had Friday off and Saturday, you know, was 
cold. It got day, cold again, and you know Sunday was cold, and then it's been it's been cold and night games. I mean, hardly even any fans there. You know, when you look in the stadium, right? But um, I think you know that probably has something to do with it. And again, other teams have to deal with that. But um, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, Andujar's injury was because of sliding Freak into the bag. Yeah. And uh, his is probably, you know, the most uh, um, complex one right now. I mean, I heard they have good news today, but, you know, he sounds hope. It sounds hopeful sounds now. Hopeful. That, but is he, you know, we have a we have a couple discussion points on Andujar, but how hopeful can it really be the second you hear tear? Yeah. And the labrum of, you know, just again, to make it pretty simple is a cartilage ring. You know, the shoulder and the and the hip are ball and socket joints. Right. The shoulder is obviously more shallow. That's why you have more range of motion than your hip does. But at the, on the socket part of the of the joint, there's a cartilage lip that makes the socket a little bit deeper, but it's cartilage, not bone. And that's the labrum. And you have one in the hip and one in the shoulder. And I guess when he slid, his arm jammed down mm. and tore the bottom part, which is usually where it tears. Um, so, you know, that's going to be an injury. Definitely from thro- for throwing. Right. Um, you know, I think he could probably come back to DH quicker than he's going to be able to throw from third. But how much of that? I mean, you've seen Miguel Andujar swing over the last year. He's not just a typical yeah. get up there and and have a, has an easygoing swing. No, he he's, has that helicopter. He has the helicopter yeah. swing, and which which he's got. So yeah, his mechanics. Um, you know, depending how he recovers, uh, is going to have to change for that swing. Right. And um, and can that affect him yeah, long term in his career with well, adjusting his mechanics now after he's been so successful? You know, uh, if he does come back without having surgery, you know, then we'll see, you know, then the off season, maybe they can address it. Um, I mean, you know, labrums can can be fixed. It's not a not an easy thing to do to come back and again, have to throw from third base uh, and swing as aggressively as he does. Right. So. Yeah, you know, we'll see. You know what's funny? I I'm someone who I follow the game. I watch every single pitch. I am a diehard Yankee mm-hmm. fan, so much so that I literally can't even put any energy into any other sport. But I always miss small details. And one of the one of the things I've noticed that I missed out on, and I've heard a couple times this year, I at least the Mets and the Yankees, they have like a, a workout right before opening day. I think the Yankees are up in Albany, or the Mets were up in Albany. They're I know Noah Syndergaard. I think. Oh, right, were, they're in. They were in. Yeah, they were in snow. Do they do that? The minor league. Do team. they do that to practice in the cold and yeah. to get their bodies ready? Yeah, but I mean, it's one day, right? Uh, you know, they were. When was the last um, spring training game? Twenty. I think the twenty fourth Sunday. They had the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh off. Well, right. the twenty seventh was that practice. Was the practice. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe they need. Uh, you know, a few more, a few more days, more days. and, um, or, you know, if, if MLB could have, you know, some of these North teams start in the South or in domes, I mean, it's, um, uh, it's tough to, you know, I mean, we remember opening days where there's snow, I mean, it, it's tough and, sure. and, and, you know, as your muscles just don't acclimate well to cold weather, um, you know, I mean, people, people, then people say to me when I make that comment, well, look at football, you know, Football is just the opposite, though. They they start in the warm weather. Right. September in most of the country is warm. And then they progressively get cold. So, you know, not that they don't get injured, but I think that's a better way to do it than start in the cold and get warm. Right, because 
yeah, they're starting in the warmth for spring training, but these guys aren't going 100% in spring training. No. It's a buildup. Yeah, it's and totally it's, different. And like I said, it's 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 drastic. They went right. from 80 degrees in Florida to, you know, Saturday and Sunday being, you know, 30-something degrees with wind chill. Um, so in football, you know, each week it gets, you know, 10 degrees less, 10 degrees less, and, you know, they acclimate pretty well. And, you know, by December, obviously, they're playing in really cold weather, but by then, you know, their bodies are, are accustomed to it. So that's one of the factors I think, uh, you know, is in play. I, I know yesterday they were, um, Michael Kay and the guys on, this, on, this, uh, on the broadcast was talking about maybe MLB uh, having the bags move a little bit. Um, yeah, they were talking about it during the game so, too. And I, you know, and I think, you know, obviously in, 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 um, in Little League and in Babe Ruth Leagues, you know, they have the movable bags. Right. And uh, baseball kind of went to, you know, uh, solid, more, more solid bats right. a few years ago. And, you know, with guys uh, sliding in head first and, and reaching out their arms, we've seen yeah. tons of injuries. Absolutely. Wrist injuries, thumb finger injuries, injuries yeah, bad finger injuries, and, and now shoulders. And so that's something, you know, that, that could definitely help the bag being a little more flexible and a little more movable. I mean, I'm sure they have technology that can do that without the bag flying off like it was when, you know, we were kids. But... Um, that'll help. He, they mentioned something about increasing the size of the bag. I, I'm, I'm not for that. No, That's, you can't start messing no, around. Mess with around it. They're trying to change the game too much. But talking, going back to Andujar, yeah. When when I did have that injury in high school with my shoulder, I had tendonitis in four different spots, and I had a something going on with my labrum. It wasn't torn, but well, I just I remember it was such a sensitive. It almost wasn't even a pain. It was more of just the most uncomfortable feeling and it was like a quick it was just felt so fragile right. like if one right. wrong movement that was it was just gonna my arm was gonna fall off yeah and you know who knows chris um you know mris are much more advanced than they were even five years ago let alone 10 so you know may have picked up a labrum tear now if, if you know if you had that same right mri done now um but the mechanics you know when you're talking about rotator cuff uh, you know, it's a it's a cuff made of four muscles um, that that uh, surround the shoulder, and they're really what we call deceleration muscles. So they don't they don't uh, they're not active as much when you're actually throwing the ball. They're muscles that put on the brakes. So when you follow through, your arm has to decelerate, right? So right. it has to stop. That's when the rotator mm. cuff mostly pulls the arm back. Otherwise, it would fly out of the socket, believe it or not. Right. Um, so that's where, you know, pitchers now throwing harder than ever, um, pitching one inning and going all out. You know, we didn't have that years ago. Um, even starters going five innings, they could throw a lot harder than if they had to go nine. Uh, so, you know, their, their deceleration muscles are just overworked. And, you know, we're seeing more rotator cuff and, uh, you know, injuries. So. People always think, you know, it's the throwing motion, moving the ball, but it's actually, you know, comes in, comes into play when you're stopping the motion. And that's why it feels so delicate. Something that I don't know if you would know the answer to, but it's something I've thought about constantly over the last couple of years. It's always so weird to me that, you know, uh, I, I can't think of the uh, comparison I want to give. Oh, um, what is it when you're allergic to green uh, wheat? Uh, gluten? Gl yeah, the, the gluten. Right. 
That's it has a name. I'm just blanking right now. Celiac. Celiac. Well, that's yeah. There's okay, other so I felt I feel like uh, <laughs> ten years ago I had never even heard of it, and now everyone and their mother has it. I feel like the same thing has happened with Tommy John surgery. Yes. Is there a reason why guys are getting it? Are they getting it before they even need it? Is it just a? Is it just like a given at this point? Yeah, I've I've spoken to some you know really uh, high level orthopedists that do Tommy John surgery, and um, you know I think uh, there was a statistic that probably about seventy five percent of the pitchers that that pitched before Tommy John pitched um, probably had some type of right. you know ulnar collateral <clears throat> ligament damage. Um, and just you know pitch through it um, so I don't think it's probably it's probably not much more now um, but it's just diagnosed more now and the surgeries become so you know uh, perfected that it's just it's just done quicker now the thing is we don't hear about the failures though um, you know we only hear about the successes right. there's a lot of guys in college and high school sure ends their career yeah and we don't know you know so we only see the guys who come back and throw harder and so you know a lot of a lot of uh, young athletes are inclined to get it done like kind of like a, a rite of passage let's get it done so I can you know get on with my career um, but you'd say it's safe to say if they can avoid it you're you're still trying to avoid it because the yeah. risks of you possibly not coming back healthy. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I don't know what the statistics are, but there's a lot of people that get it done that we never hear about because they can't, they can't pitch. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot more technology now with stem cell, you know, PRP, which is their injections that can help grow the tendon. The problem is, is that that takes a lot of time. And a lot of times athletes don't, have that time so they opt for the surgery or they try the you know stem cell or prp first like uh, like tanaka i guess um he's a good case where it It seems to be holding holding up with him and um as he's learning to pitch rather than throw he seems to be um you know doing doing pretty well i mean his velocity he was never you know a, a fireballer but he has he has good stuff now um so hopefully that'll last but um you know, and, and one of the things you had you had mentioned in in, uh, in your notes here is that do kids playing the same sport all year round have anything to do with this? And I, we talked about this once before, and I see that because I mostly treating you know junior athletes, uh, middle school and high school kids, um, various gr- girls and boys in variety of sports, but they come in now and if they're playing soccer and they have an ankle or knee injury, they're playing soccer all year round. Right. And I ask the parents, you know, when do they stop? Well, they have spring soccer, then they go <laughs> to summer camp, then the real Two season's fall in the fall, leagues, and then yeah. they go indoor in the winter. And, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, we didn't have indoor facilities like they do now, so we, we kind of cross-trained without even knowing it. Right. You know, we played, you know, football or soccer in the fall. We went inside in the sun, in the winter, played some basketball, you know, maybe rest some kids wrestled or some other indoor, and then spring, you know, baseball was in the spring, um, so we're using a bunch of different muscles, and we really didn't even know. Now, you know, there's not too many multi-sport high school kids, high school athletes. Uh, there are some, but most of them, if they're playing baseball, they're throwing all year round, batting all year round. Um, you know, they're really aggressive. The parents have pitching coaches and batting coaches. I mean, for, you know, 13, 14 year old kids. 
So you're seeing repetitive injuries earlier. Yeah, and, and uh, not to cut you up, not only that, but when I was growing up playing Little League, and I didn't know what a curveball was. Yeah. These kids are throwing curveballs yeah. at eight years old now. Yeah, curveballs um, and, and, and the swings, as we mentioned, you know, they're, they're more elaborate swings, harder swings, um, and they're, they're trying to throw harder. Uh, then again, when we were kids too, you know, um, because they're, that's what they see in the majors. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an issue and, um, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen, but we're seeing, you know, kids younger and younger getting injured and they're having these chronic injuries because they're not doing anything or taking the time off to heal. Well, a lot, a a key word that you said a few times was technology. And I think technology is, is part you know, big part of the reason as to why we see so many guys on the DL and also a big part of the reason as to why we see so many guys coming back so right. quickly. A lot of people will sit there and say a lot of older generation people will say, oh, guys were never hurt back. Yeah, well, guys back then could have had an oblique strain or said right. you didn't know. Yeah. How much or, of this is is that, or they didn't care, right? I mean, Mickey, you know, <laughs> Mickey Mantle would drink a, a six yeah. pack, and, and also, you know, I mean, you read stories. It took two trainers, you know, forty five minutes to wrap all his joints before a game. Before a game, every game. So he wasn't, you know, I mean, Stanton has a bicep strain. They kept him out. You know, also, you know, money has a lot to do with it. I was just gonna say so, too. You know, these guys are getting someone, paid yeah, so much. Million dollars. You know, the tra- your your agent an investment is gonna get on the phone. You know, your the manager, the the you know the, the owner obviously does not want these guys. Um, you know, because baseball's guaranteed money, so you know they have to perform. So yeah, they're being pulled out earlier. Uh, no doubt, the Yankees have the best trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, off season coaches. Um, you know, you would hope that most of the guys take advantage of that in the off season. You know, I'm surprised at even at this day and age when you see some guys come into spring training and they look out of shape. Um, I don't know how that happens in this day and age, and how you know their their agents and their and their managers don't you know push that. But um, I think that's something that was brought up with Batances, right? I mean, I know his wife had a baby, right? But they say he you know last I guess few months of. He was season. pushing he it a little too yeah, hard. Pushing it, or he couldn't train as hard, and then he tried to catch up at the end because you know his wife had a baby. So you know, yeah. Um, but the technology's there, and uh, you know, to get these guys in shape. But again, they're bigger, faster, stronger, as you mentioned. Um, they're doing things again that you know they didn't do. You know, Is it unnatural? Is it unnatural t- for your body to? be lifting all these weights all year round and to be as big as some of the, and ripped as these guys are. You know, that's always been a, an issue with baseball, right? I mean, right. you know, I mean, nobody lifted weights in baseball, you know, back in the day, uh, they thought that that, you know, the extra bulk of muscle, you know, inhibited you guys, you know, and, um, and then, you know, it, it got in, into the training world and, and now you see, you know, Big guys playing baseball. I mean, Stanton is a Stanton is a big dude. Is a big dude and, Judge. and a sculpted dude. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's got some some really good muscle mass. You know, I mean, Reggie Jackson maybe was one of the bigger guys back in the seventies, right? I mean, he was kind oh, of yeah. muscular. And Reggie uh, used to hang out in, in Gold's Gym in California with like Arnold and Franco. So I think <laughs> that's where he got his 
his exercise, uh, his his weight. Dave lifting. Winfield was a big guy, a big but they were team. naturally big. They were naturally big. So I think you know, they're you know, baseball has to examine that. These strength trainers have to examine that. You know, I know they do a lot of flexibility exercises, so you know that that counteracts some of that. But um, it's you know this particular spring training with with the Yankees and eleven injuries now or or whatever um, it is really. Um, it's a mystery, and uh, you know, I don't know anybody really has the answers. Otherwise, they would be fixing it. Um, you know, Tulowinski just, you know, stepping uh, right. You know, yeah. just pushing off, and you know, I mean, he's had ankle injuries, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's his. And, and we all know he's a fragile guy. I mean, so his... you know, be, I mean, you know, Achilles and calf injuries uh, do stem from mm-hmm. previous ankle injuries. So you know, that almost makes sense. But you know, and um, when you think, you know, like. Greg Bird's probably one of the healthiest guys on the team right now. Right, it's actually scary. <laughs> it's scary I so. we talked about it at our show that came out this morning on the MIYST podcast. I said I was almost mad at Greg Bird <laughs> yesterday because it was the ninth inning. I don't know if you caught the ninth inning of yesterday's game. They were down a couple runs, and Greg Bird gets up and he ropes one almost up the middle. Harrison made a great play, uh-huh. and I kind of saw like Greg Bird lollygagging down to first. And I was kind of pissed off, but I'm like, you know what? He's the last guy at this point that <laughs> yeah. should push anything to. But here's the here's the two factors that play into my frustration. I'm sure every Yankee fan out there, one being that we wait six months for the season to start. We're excited and we yeah. can't even just be excited. It's just right away. When is this guy coming back? I hope right. he's back for the season. The second thing is that the Yankees are younger than ever. Right. And now they're more injured than ever. Yeah. Is there something that these trainers, I, I, you know, I hear a lot of guys when the Mets all go down at once, they say, oh, they need new trainers and this and that. Are there different things that these guys can start focusing on to avoid these injuries? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, I know a few years ago, do you remember a lot of Yankees had hamstring strains? Yes. And I, I think some trainers got... Uh, you know, got let go uh, that year. Uh, I mean, that was a few years ago. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, do these injuries put a trainer in the hot seat right now? Yeah, Is this guy I mean, home? Well, and- they're definitely being questioned about the the off season training that they did with the athletes with with these players and the spring training that they did with them. Because, yeah, I mean, you said they're younger, they're healthier, they're stronger, and uh, you know, why you know why all of a sudden, except like I said, except for the cold. Um, you know, why do they have these injuries? I mean, again, like a guy like Tulowinski, you know, he's fragile. So, but, and, and Andujar's, you know, that'll happen. That was more of just yeah, a freak that's thing. A freak thing. I mean, it's just a, a bad slide, but you know, bicep strain for Stanton. I mean, that's hard to, hard to, it you, is. You know, and, handle. and that's kind of where I was getting at with, you know, the, all this weight lifting throughout the off season. Yeah. Does that make your muscle more susceptible to, a quicker strain because you would think you lift and you're big and you're strong and you're unbreakable when really it seems like these guys almost become more fragile in certain situations. Yeah, I think the mechanics of baseball sometimes, you know, don't don't align itself with, you know, more muscular, right. especially in the upper extremities. I mean, legs, I think, you know, that you help drive the ball mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, you should be able to run. Uh, but the upper body, I think, you know, it's a lot of unnatural movement. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it can inhibit you. Um, you know, even when A Rod was uh, at one at one time, he you know whatever he was doing, but but he got bulked up, and you know his 
his uh, batting average dropped and he wasn't having power. And then, you know, the next year he came back and he had lost some upper body yep. muscle on purpose and, um, you know, his swing came back. So, you know, I, I, I can't see, you know, bulky guys swinging as well. But, uh, you know, I saw that swing Stanton, uh, you know, did. Um, and, and, you know, he grimaced uh, right after that one swing and you know, didn't know that he actually was going to go out. But, you know, he, he strained his bicep. Now, again, who knows if that's really serious and they're, or they're just being really cautious, you know, um, because, you know, they have, they ha- thankfully they are, they have depth and they can afford these things right now. Um, but so who yeah, knows, just who knows if, to a point now, where, you know, if, uh, you know, he could have, you know, played through it and, and, you know, been right. fine. Um, but he had to play the field also now, you know, so that was, that you was, you think if it's, you think if we're midsummer right now, warmer weather, that something like this with Stanton, maybe the Yankees just put him day to day at that point and say, maybe he could play through it in a few days. I think the warm weather definitely has something to do with it. The cold, you know, really tightens up your muscles, especially as the game goes on, a night game, a six, seven o'clock game. Um, and, you know, it's the sun goes down, the chill. You know, if you're even if you're DHing and you're sitting on the bench, you know, in between innings, um, I definitely think that it has a, a different than, than when it's June, July, and August and it's, you know, it's hot and humid, um, you know, with muscles like, I mean, you know, CC always likes to throw when it's hot, right? right. You know, he doesn't like the cold weather. Um, so I think that has something to do with it. But, you know, there's a lot of other teams that have to deal with moving up north too. So, you know. Right. That's, that's I, and listen, a, a lot of it, I would have to imagine, has to do with the fact, you know, we talked about football going from the warm weather. They start the season in the warm weather. And then once they're in the swing of things, it's colder. So it's a little... You have to also think too. Football's a lot more action at at once. Where baseball, there's these guys are right. sitting around a lot more, right. where their bodies aren't moving at that at that pace at all times. Where Judge can be standing around in the outfield for two innings without a ball coming to him, right. and then he has a liner coming and he's full force, and you know his hammy goes or making a throw to home, right? When he hasn't thrown, right? Really, you know, for four or five innings, maybe right. just tossing the ball before. A lot of innings. guys will go into the into the under the uh yeah you know, and hit or whatever yeah but not always not always not always and, um so no the, all those are, are good factors uh chris and you know uh we're obviously not going to solve them but um hopefully you know they have people there that are working on these kinds of things because uh it, it's a big it's a big problem in the beginning of the season like i said thankfully they have some depth but now it's getting to the point where you know you're calling up you know guys that are you know second on your list because we just don't have anybody to play. Right. And uh, let the, before we wrap up, let me ask you this. Let me pick your brain on this. <laughs> I'll start with this this question here. Miguel Andujar, yeah. if you're in charge of his, his fate this season, from what you've heard, what you've gathered, young guy, bright future, what are you doing with Miguel Andujar right now? Are you telling him to get the surgery or are you truly looking to rehab and see how he does and, and then take it from there? Well, I mean, obviously I haven't, you know, seen any of the doctor's notes in the MRI, but if from what I've read, you know, last yesterday or today, it seemed like it, it was better prognosis than it was initially. Um, no, you know, I always think he, you know, you, you, you want surgery to be the last resort. Um, he's young, he's healthy. 
he's probably motivated, I'm sure. So surgery can be that much of an impact even on a young guy like that. You'd still want to try and uh, putting aside that it's going to end your season. Nah, but can you, surgery be that risky where it could affect you for for the rest of your career? Oh, Chris, you know, we take for granted, but, you know, surgeries, uh, you know, there's anesthesia involved, there's infections possible, there's, you know, I mean, you know, anything could go wrong and and it doesn't always fix the problem. I mean, you know, you try uh, talented surgeons, but, you know, that should always be the last resort for anybody, not just athletes. So if he could rehab it um, and he can get it strong enough, he could, you know, the labrum may never, may never fully heal, but even with surgery, you're still surgically healing. Right. It's not like it was before. So, you know, he's going to have to build the muscles around it to take the place of the stability of the, of the labrum. And, you know, I think he'll be at least be able to swing. Um, whether he's going to throw from third, I don't know when that'll happen, mm. but he'll at least be able to swing. I think, um, uh, if, and that's what, I think that's what their goal is now to get him back as at least as a, uh, as a DH. And you and I, and everyone listening knows very well that the Yankees are an extremely conservative team. They're not going to let this guy go out there and, and start swinging, you no, know, no. And, at an intense level unless they see that this is progressing and that it's not going to set him right. back in any way. They they have to be pretty confident. Yes. I and think it depends it's safe on to who say. else can come back. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're hopeful that Didi comes back. So, you know, that's another infielder that, you know, we can have. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with LeMayo. I think, you know, he's he's filling in third base pretty well. So as long as that great fielder, great fielder, and he, he makes contact. I mean, he doesn't have the power Andujar has, but he's making contact. So I think as long as the Yankees have those position players there, you know, there's no rush. So take your time with him again, especially as Didi comes back. Hopefully Torres stays healthy. Um, you know, I don't know how long Tulowinski will be out, but we have infielders uh, that can take his place and and still maintain. Um, we need Hicks back. You know. That's, you know, those kind of guys. And you need Batances back. You need Severino. You need, a, you know, you know just an ace back. Um, if you get all those guys back, you can have, uh, you know, take your time with Andujar. Now, let's say Andujar comes back and they kind of rush it. He comes back a little too soon. And he takes one big hack and he feels it just go. Is that, does that put him at a worse spot? at that point as far as coming back from an injury like that than it would if he just tore it completely to begin with, got the surgery and rehab the right way? Does it affect a player or a person in general differently when you think it's healed, Mm -hmm. you go out and you start to be active again, and all of a sudden you fully just really aggravate that injury and make it 10 times worse? That would be, you know, something like a a freak type injury because there are – plenty of testing, plenty of activities that will happen to him before um, the doctors, the trainers, and, you know, the, uh, the you know, the, the owners will let him get back into full baseball. If there was a chance that the joint was still unstable, um, they wouldn't have him be swinging the bat. I mean, there's always that slim chance. So that would be freak that he would just take a take a swing and he would tear more muscles or or the uh, labrum would tear more um, because he would he's going to be tested 
and strength and range of motion, and right. so he's going to be doing baseball activities um, well before they let him take you know a, a major league swing. So, um, and you know, they, if there was any risk of that shoulder being that unstable where it could go at any time, you know, he's not coming. He's not coming back. All right, last question, and then we'll wrap this up here. Sure. I appreciate your time. You've yeah. been you've been with me here for uh, okay. over thirty minutes, Doctor uh, Doctor Ed Catalano. We're going to talk a little bit about before we wrap up what you're doing now and everything. I just want to ask you one more question yeah, here. Sure. Um, outside of CC Sabathia, because we know this is kind of just the protocol. We kind of knew he was going to be on the DL yeah. to start the year. He's just back. To, and- um, at the end, putting aside Batances because we know he's going to be back by the end of next week. They're they're Hopefully. hopeful for, yeah. and I'd say I'd even say putting aside Stanton because we we know again that was a little more precaution. Out of the other guys, the other group of guys, and maybe even put it put aside Tulo because who knows what's going yeah. on with him. Um, out of the guys like Severino, Hicks, Andujar, um, who would you say you're most hopeful that we'll see? come back full strength and really won't be affected by, by what's going on. Who, who do you think we'll see come back the quickest? Um, I'm concerned about Hicks because when you have back strain in the beginning of the season, that's something hard to come. I'm back concerned to. about Hicks even when he's not injured yeah, he, because he's he, just so he, susceptible you know, he had to his everything. Lack strains last year. So yeah, he's, he's a little bit of fragile also. Um, I, I think they'll get Severino back. Uh, you know, throwing hard. I think, again, that was a little more precautionary. The MRI was pretty clean on him from what I read. Um, but I just, we talked about investments. I mean, yeah, so I, he's I just, one of their biggest. And I just don't think he had, um, you know, the proper spring training after they shut him down. So I think they're going to bring him back and get him some, you know, some innings. And I think he'll, you know, I don't think that was a major thing. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm excited for Didi to come back. Uh, yeah, forget, me too. Forget you forget about, about him. him. Yeah, uh, but you know he, he's he. I we've seen him already throw. I mean, in spring training, he was down there. I've seen him throw. I think he is probably well ahead of his progress. They're not going to rush him, but they're not going to prolong him either. Yeah, they're. It seems like they're going to naturally just let him get there, and when he's ready to go, yeah, they're not going to prolong this. I think they're going to have him. He's going to be back, especially back. now because you know they, sure. they could use him. But um, so I'm excited, and I think he'll make. You know, a, a really good recovery, um, and and you know, like you said, Stanton should be fine. I mean, that should be not a problem for him. Uh, to Lewinsky, it you know, a calf strain. It didn't, from what again, what I read, it didn't tear. The Achilles is intact. You know, but that, he's older too, he's and older. again, another guy that's injured. Yeah. So, but that should be okay eventually. Um, you know, so I think I think they're you know most of them will be in good shape. Like I said, I'm concerned about Hicks. And, and Andujar is a question it's mark. It's really just that they all piled up all at yeah, once. Yeah, it was all at and once. Just, yeah, I mean, so... only so uh, much a team could take. Yeah, I mean, we got to be careful about the guys who are there that are healthy. Like you said, Voight and Bird and, and Judge. I mean, you saw Judge make that catch the other night, you know, easily. His, it was like his, mid-season form. His glo- get, yeah, but his glove could have easily Oh, yeah, caught. snapped he, his wrist. And like wrist. They, they mentioned, he purposely, David Cohn said, right, he purposely raised it, which is sure. hard to do. So, you know, those are the guys we got to watch for. So. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Doc. And no, uh, so real quick before we go, let's talk about what you're doing now. Back in the day when you were wasting your time with my shoulder, <laughs> uh, you were doing yeah. a lot of rehab. You saw a lot of athletes. Now you're, you've 
you've geared more towards the nutritional yeah. end of things, which has become very popular. Yeah, I uh, still I still do, you know, the, the sports injuries, you know, I mean, that's still my my first passion, especially with uh, the younger younger athletes. I really enjoy them. They're motivated. But over the last um, probably five to eight years. Um, Been I, that I, long, huh? Yeah, I've realized that, uh, you know, the missing part of the practice was – um, really like people's lifestyles more for the older older patients um, getting them um, uh, you know in it, just the, their inflammation down uh, more than with rehab but more with what they're eating and their diets and their and their their lifestyle routines stress has become such a big thing in um, in healthcare these days because people aren't sleeping correctly and they're not you know they're, they're stress causing right. causing and just overall inf- inflammation in their bodies so you know, my, my passion now is getting people in, doing some special laboratory testing that we have now for food and environmental allergies and sensitivities, um, looking at other inflammatory markers and just getting them eating well, exercising, uh, you know, stress reduction. And um, we're, we're seeing a lot of chronic illnesses that, you know, conventional medicine doesn't have answers for, autoimmunities and gut issues, um, and just I got a couple of gut issues. <laughs> if you want to help me, people that just have chronic illnesses, and you know the the uh, the medicine the, the the med for the symptom is just not doing it anymore. You know, I mean that's just they have the to way change we, what we have to I, change. One our thing that it that always kind of shocked me, amazed me was my dad has had psoriasis now for I don't know maybe about ten years. A lot of it was stress induced, exactly. and it was never severe, but. He would notice it with certain certain times of the year would be more certain moments in his life he would it would appear more yeah and I mean I you could go into a little brief description if anyone's listening and doesn't know what psoriasis mm-hmm. is but yeah there's testing even for that where yeah. there's certain things you're eating certain clothing you're wearing maybe that could uh, that could inflame that yeah no? well you know we always look at things you know psoriasis or skin lesion and you know you, the dermatologist gives you a cream or something or changes. You know they're looking at the outside, but most of those things, whether it's a joint joints, uh, you know, joint pain, that chronic joint pain, skin issues, digestive issues, it's from inside and it's coming. Something's expressing itself. So, you know, most of the time now we look to the, the gut or the intestinal system to find out what really is is going on there, fixing that, and that seems to be the root cause for many things. Where, I mean, we're People are treating things, even even severe things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, with uh, with with lifestyle changes, and, and that that meaning diet and exercise, and and you know maybe meditation, um, sleep, those kinds of things are really where you know healthcare needs to go these days. And you know I'm lucky enough to be in that world and be being being trained by some of the you know the top docs in the country with that. And it's making a huge difference in, in uh, my practice and, and people that, you know, come see me. So, Well, I uh, anyone listening right now in the description of this podcast, no matter where you're listening to, uh, you'll find Dr. Catalano's information. Little Falls, New Jersey, you're there, yep. what, four days a week now? Yep. And one day right over yep. in Clifton. Yep. Um, we have a lot of listeners local to us. So check it out. You'll have the website yep. in there. Dr. Catalano's uh, contact information. Can't thank you enough. Great interview. Uh, 
kind of i mean my show is called this particular show is called the bronx prescription Prescription, i got the i got the doc on now he's the new host of the show and uh Doc, I can't thank you enough for well, joining us. When gets better, I'll come back and we'll You can talk come about back. We'll talk so. about the recovery and how well they're playing. Great, Chris. All thank right. You. Thank you. Man, honestly, what an awesome discussion, interview, whatever you want to call it. Dr. Catalano has been a close friend of my family for a very, very long time. Uh, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's helped me with every little thing. Now I'm older and fatter, so my injuries have went from being like an athlete to not being able to wake up and like sit up right away. My neck, I'm only 30. I'm only 30. But the the fat, the gut, I feel like I'm 45. Anyway, sorry for the rough visual there, but... Uh, Dr. Catalano has always, always been there for my family. I appreciate him joining the show tonight. Uh, he's one of those guys, and as I don't know if you Yankee fans feel this way, but I absolutely do. I'll be walking down the street, and I'll see someone in a Yankee hat or a Yankee sweatshirt, and I just don't like, I'm almost like defensive. I look at them, I'm like, you're not a fucking Yankee fan. You're just someone who like wears the Yankee thing. You try and be cool. You don't know anything. I'm always very like uh, weary of who is a true fan. I I don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt when they when they wear Yankee gear. Doctor Catalano is a true, genuine Yankee fan. He watches as many games as he possibly can. Constantly texting throughout the season, um, and I just was. He always had great stories and and just he's always given me so much information whenever there was a big injury or anything that I figured you know what there's so much talk around the injuries that the Yankees are going through and it's also negative like it just has a black cloud around it let's have someone on to maybe shed a little light on what's going on and how things can get better and who we should be optimistic about. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I certainly did. I'm excited to listen to this uh, with you tomorrow morning. I will be I will be putting out a show every single Friday um, for the rest of the year. There will always be a Friday morning show unless the NYYST podcast is coming out on on that Friday. So if that's the case, then it will be a Thursday. So it's it's going to be one or the other, but you'll know when it's coming out. Um, again, Dr. Catalano, check out his information in the description. Really look look into what he does and how he can maybe help you or your parents or your grandparents, anyone. He's local here, right in New Jersey. If you're more comfortable, if you you know we have some type of a relationship on Twitter or anything, and you're more comfortable reaching out to me. To, to talk to him about setting something up that is not a problem reach out to me whenever um, but his information will be in the description same with my uh, email for the show the show's email here where you can contact me and I'll feature anything you want to discuss on the show again episode 16 I will be back next week I'm out I'm out